0: talking about the things that matter most to you Catholic Women Now Well good morning everybody welcome to Catholic Women Now I'm Julie Nelson Join Good morning I'm Chris Magruder. my wingman <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm your wingman <laughs> wingwoman <laughs> wingwoman whatever anyway we're so delighted you're joining us today I don't know how you're listening but we have so many different ways you can find us we podcast and of course we're live right uh, live radio as well so anyway thank you for joining us and we th- Appreciate your prayers, and be assured we are praying for all of you, our listeners, because that's why we are here. That's, it is for you.
1: That is right. And I am excited to have our guest today, Dr. Matthew Runiger from Franciscan University. Yes, right in from Steubenville. He's going to talk to us today a little bit about memories, maybe a little bit about his book, Finding Freedom in Christ and Healing Life's Hurts, and memory reconsolidation, how we can help those mm-hmm. memories through prayer. There's a, There's a lot. To well, pack yeah. in today.
0: How prayer can can change your memory right. because you know we have all of us have memories, good or bad. We mm-hmm. all have memories, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. It's I, I you know, I geek on the neuroscience, Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do love I. That. I
1: love this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just so amazing to me. It's just so beautiful how you know there's always this thought in the world that science is superior to anything that's spiritual at like God, but this is just showing us that God. He has a sense of order, right? When he created us in the yes. science and well, he, what created, he's doing, God created science. Well, he did, know? but you yeah. know, it's just when you study the science and then you understand this the spiritual aspect of, of how prayer can change memories, mm-hmm. then you start to see the great um, the great um, magnificence of God. And how he is so much beyond us, right?
1: Amen. He's so much beyond us, you know. Yes. Praise Jesus. Let's start with a Hail Mary. Okay. Should we? (laughs) In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: We also need to put a plug in that we just found out this morning that Dr. Matthew Brinegar is going to be at St. Francis Parish in Des Moines, Saturday, April 15th. So mark that on your calendar because I can guarantee you after you listen to this show today. You want to be there. And it's easy to remember because it's
1: tax day. But it's a Saturday, so don't worry about your taxes. Let right. TurboTax take care of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that the way the commercial goes? Are they a sponsor what? or something? No, Chris? no, I don't know. That just came out. I was trying to be
0: funny. Oh, I probably shouldn't no, have done I that. I, I went with it. I went
1: Can with it. Can we cut it. that? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. No, I yeah, that that will be good because he's going to be talking about his book. Mm-hmm. His Very book. Good. And I think yes. it's going to be wonderful, everybody. Yeah. Well, we do a truth, beauty and goodness segment every week and um I this is a truth that's hard for people but it's a truth that needs to be said. And um I've been I follow Kathleen Beckman on Facebook and she was a speaker here a couple, a year and a half ago at our women's conference and she wrote a book on um spiritual warfare for families and how to combat the things in the world with your families and raise holy families. And she is she works on the exorcist, er, exorcism team at the Diocese of Orange, California. She teaches um, in the School of Exorcism in the Vatican. Lots so of experience. Lots yeah. of experience. And some of you may remember her. And so she's been posting frequently some warnings. And mm-hmm. they're warnings. And most recently she said, um, please, friends, keep your spiritual armor well oiled. And she takes that from Ephesians 6, mm-hmm. chapter 10 through 18, the armor of God. Because there's an increase in deliverance exorcism ca- cases due to occult practices like the Ouija spirit boards, yeah, the magic s- spells. And to be aware, and please catechize your children to stay away from these. And then now there's a new game out on Amazon. Amazon is very deceptive. It's called the Holy Spirit Board Game. Ooh, And it is and, um, Father Ernesto mm. an- Maria Caro, an exorcist, he shared a video on YouTube telling about the dangers of this. And this is danger. We're opening you open up your soul to a portal and inviting something in that need, that's gonna that's evil. Yeah. And with our t- guest today, okay. we're talking about memories. And mm-hmm. some of those things can become memories and stuff. Right. And things that become ingrained in us. And so um I know there may be some of you who think, ah, it's just a little Ouija board, Parker Brother gaming and buy at Walmart. Why? No. Why would you one want to through that? We, why would we you want to, even to take a risk? If there's right. something better, right. there's something better. Right. Oh, I gosh. Why would want to take a risk?
1: Well, my very quickly, because I do want to bring in doctor today, um, but very quickly, I was listening to a homily given by um, a Father. Oh, I'm going to lose his name right now. James? James Downey. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know why I didn't remember well, that. You told me before anyway, the show yeah, started, so yeah, Anyway, welcome. but he, he did a homily on um, a truth and beauty segment, and I was like, wow. He, he made it very simple. He goes, the truth of the matter is, if Jesus didn't think about you, you wouldn't be here. Mm. He's always thinking about you. The air that you breathe is the truth. And I just went, bam, mic drop kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And isn't that the way the truth is? It just cuts through everything, makes yeah. it so simple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yep. Yep. all kinds of truth, right? Mm-hmm. All kinds mm-hmm. of truth, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Well, we want to bring in our guest here, Dr. Matthew Br- Bruniger. Bruniger.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And he, he is at Franciscan University. We are excited to have him in. Welcome, Dr. Bruniger. We are so excited to hear what you have to share with us today. How
3: are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, tell us just let's just jump right in. Tell us how memories work.
3: Yeah, so there's there's different kinds of memory. So in the in the memory research, there's all sorts of different kinds of memory, right? There's short-term memory, there's long-term memory, there's working memory. But when we're talking about prayer and we're talking about how prayer can maybe help change us um, on a natural level, sort of sort of the supernatural activity working in a very natural way. Part of what we're talking about is something called episodic memory and semantic memory. And so episodic memory is memory for the things that happen to you. You know, it's sort of your life events. Um, you know, when I was um, 10 years old, I had a birthday party and I invited everyone to my class and um, I tripped and I dropped the cake, something like that. That's your episodic memory. It's the episodes of your life, right? Mm-hmm. There's also something called semantic memory, and so semantic memory is sort of memory for um, facts and information, and, and in particular here, information about how the world works, um, information about yourself, how relationships work, information about other people, and so what happens is when we have when we encode a memory, when a memory gets encoded in, in the brain, we have an episodic component to it, like what what happened. And then there's a semantic dimension to it, which is sort of the facts we learned about ourselves, others, and the world that we encode with it. And so what's sort of fascinating about prayer is that um, I think prayer allows us, like very often, we come to the wrong conclusions, or we learn faulty information, or we learn partial truths. Or we make the wrong conclusions that get encoded in our semantic memory. Um, so I've done a lot of work with, with veterans, you know, historically. I did a lot of training at VA hospitals and with combat veterans. And you think about um, a combat veteran who's undergone a really traumatic event or experience, the episodic memory, what happened, can't change. What happened, happened. But the, what they've learned, what they've encoded in their memory about, safety about security about um, like how, how much of a threat people are about how dangerous it is to be in public that information can change and oftentimes in traumatic situations we uh, it's called over accommodation we sort of we we go too far in how we change our understanding about like how the world works Again, too much and so we say everything's a danger
2: mm.
3: nowhere is safe I can't trust anybody and and that's the part of memory that we can alter especially I think with prayer these sort of false conclusions that we've drawn about these episodes in our life okay does that make sense yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely and you know what we're gonna we're bumping up against a break and we come back we want to talk a little bit more about how can we do that What's I'd love to. give us the process kind of thing? So you're listening to Iowa Catholic Radio Network with Chris Magruder and Julie Nelson on Catholic Women Now. We will be back in a minute with Dr. Matthew Bruniger. Support for Iowa Catholic Radios provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online, ctoiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line,
2: it's for the kids and their future.
4: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from the St. Thomas More Center in Panora, Iowa, home of Catholic Youth Camp, where life-changing peace meets transforming joy. By uniting our Catholic faith and fun, CYC serves youth and young adults as they become joy-filled missionary disciples of Christ. Campers experience laughter, new friends, and writing new stories as they are immersed in the beauty of the Catholic faith and live the adventure of His call. Registration for summer camps is now open. For more information, visit stmcenter.com.
0: Video where we're speaking with Father, or excuse me, I just elevated you, Dr. Matthew Bruniger. <laughs> I am a father, though. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Matthew father. Bruniger, who is Associate Professor of Psychology at the Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. And we are talking about how prayer can change your memory. And so right before the break, you talked about the two types of memory, episodic and semantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So now we want to go into how does prayer change what happens to us and what knowledge we glean from that event? Yeah.
3: What can we do? Yeah. So, so I think maybe one important caveat here is, um, in, in particular, I'm going I'm to sort of uh, talk about maybe a particular type of prayer. Um, and, and so what I mean by that is, kind of going back to the memory stuff, what, what's really important is that those memories that we have, um, we're constantly moving through the world, and, and those memories are being activated and triggered. And and those memories are being activated. And what happens when we activate a memory is we have an expectation for how we think the world is going to work or people are going to react or respond. We have an expectation based on that memory. So um, I go into work. When I walk into work, I have sort of all these old memories activated. And I have a certain expectation for how work is going to go in general. You know, there's a, there's a certain um, – I have a sense of how work's going to go based on my memory of how work has gone historically. So what's important about that, y'all, is that with that expectation, um, what can happen is if we activate an old memory, if we activate an old memory – Fully activate it. And oftentimes you know that you fully activated it because you start to feel an experience in your body and emotionally the, the experiences that go along with that memory. When we activate an old memory, we've got an expectation associated with it. And what research has found is that when we get disconfirming evidence, when something happens that doesn't follow our expectation that memory gets updated with the new information. So it, it's a two-part process. You have to first fully activate the old memory, and then you have to be provided disconfirming evidence. Um, in the literature, it's sometimes called predictive error. Your memory wants to predict the way something is going to go, and you have the experience of, oh my gosh, it didn't go that way. When those two things happen, the, the old memory gets updated with this new information,
1: so, can, I ask, can I ask? Can I just ask quick, quickly? Yeah, I tell a I tell a joke when I'm ten, and I get to age fourteen, people don't respond the same way. The joke is now not funny anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Something that. I yeah. Mean, I'm, I'm making it very or, simple here, but.
3: Or or, or something like um. Let, let's imagine this. Let's imagine you told a joke when you're ten, and um everyone laughed at you and mocked you, and so you think to yourself. Um, I'm not going to be funny. I'm not going to I'm not going tell jokes anymore. I'm not going to um, take that. Re- I know how people react. And so every time you're in public or you're out with friends, you kind of get quiet. You don't want to react, you know, or you don't want to tell the joke because you know how they're going to react. You predict how they're going to react. That memory gets activated and you feel shy. You feel embarrassed. You feel right. Mm-hmm. Well, if I can get you back into that memory, what it felt like to be laughed at, to be picked on, to be belittled, and then in the midst of that memory, if I can give you disconfirming evidence, hey, that joke you told, that joke was actually really funny. And I start, like, heartily laughing. I didn't react to you the way you thought I was going to react based on your memory. And when that happens, something called memory reconsolidation occurs. The memory, like, reupdates with new information. Wait, people don't always laugh at me when I tell jokes. People don't always mock or belittle me when I tell jokes and that memory gets updated with new information. It doesn't change what happened. You were, you were picked on when you were 10, but now what you learned about yourself and the world gets updated. Mm -hmm. Even though that happened, people still think I'm funny. I can still take risks and share jokes with people. Mm -hmm. And then, the new updated memory gets reconsolidated. And so what's important here is we're not changing what happened. And we can't change what happened. We can change what you learned about it. And the reason that's important is because in prayer, if we want to begin to heal memories, the one thing we have to do is go back fully into the old memory. And that means, I think it can be very helpful to imagine God the Father or our Lord first like hugging you or holding you or putting their arm around you walking you into this old memory and allowing that memory to be activated with all of the feelings. You really have to activate it completely, all of the feelings and attending thoughts and bodily sensations. And, and then what you can do is you can allow the Lord to show you something new. You could say, Lord, where were you in this memory? Lord, what about this memory do you want me... Like what, what? What new information about this memory do you want me to have, Lord? I want I want to imagine you in this memory with me now anew, and feel what it would be like to be there, present with Jesus. The point here is that, and, and we are really banking that the Lord shows up in this, right? We're mm-hmm. really, really, it's an act of faith. Say so the Lord's going to show up, but if we're in that old memory, it's been activated, and the Lord gives us disconfirming evidence no you you weren't you weren't useless and unlovable when your biological father walked out i was there weeping with you it broke my heart because of how much i love you boom it reupdates the information in that memory you can reconsolidate that memory with new information i wasn't alone i wasn't abandoned But but what's important here, guys, is that's not just an intellectual thing. Right. Think some people want to go. Some people just want to say, "Oh, well, I know the Lord was there with me." Mm -hmm. No, no, no. We go back into the memory. We activate it. We sit in it, and we invite the Lord to give us the experience of that.
1: So go into the new feelings too, then.
3: Yeah, it's like he recodes your he reroutes
0: he He recodes your brain. He recodes your heart. He's like rewiring your heart.
3: Mm. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a
0: beautiful way of mm-hmm. saying it. Well, we we got to take a, sh- a short break here, but I have uh, lots of questions for you now after you've <laughs> yeah, explained yeah, yeah. over there. I <laughs> want to talk a little bit more that and then go further into this healing mechanism that this happens when you invite the Lord into the memory. So uh, you're listening to Catholic Women now on Iowa Catholic Radio Network.
4: We all fall down at times. These stumbles, though small can hurt a lot if we bump our knee or stub our toe. Imagine falling down in pain and suffering from the heavy burden of a cross like Jesus. The missteps of our spiritual walk bring pain and suffering too. Mistreating others, getting angry, not forgiving others, or taking instead of giving. But in the stations of the cross, we see Jesus getting up three times. Our Catholic faith gives us a strength to get up. God, the loving Father, made sure there were others along the way to comfort Jesus, such as his mother and Veronica. And Simon of Serene was there to help carry his burden. With a strong faith, especially with God's help, we can get up. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisande.
0: to Catholic Women Now here on Iowa Catholic Radio. Our guest today is Dr. Matthew Bruniger. He's the Associate Professor of Psychology, and we're talking about how prayer heals memories and can change your memories. And right before the break, you are talking a little bit about inviting God, the Father, or Jesus into a memory. Mm. And um, that really sparked some questions for me because of some inner healing work, memory um, sessions I have helped with. Um, But I was struck by the fact that... um, one thing that I think is um, is really important. You talked about is you know asking where Jesus was in the memory, or, mm-hmm. or, or being there. And um, but how also that that is that disconnecting evidence of the of the semantic yeah. part of that. Yeah. And the other thing that I that I was thinking about, especially with your work with um, like PTSD veterans, you know, they mm-hmm. you probably are familiar with the studies they've done with trauma that. One of the biggest hurts that come from trauma, when period, especially in childhood trauma, is thinking you were going through it alone and no one was mm-hmm. there for you. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. seen in sessions yes. where when they ask Jesus, where were you? Or in, sometimes they can't even do that. You just ask them to invite Jesus to be with you in this memory as they pull it up in their mind and recall it, like you said earlier. Um, it's really powerful to know that they weren't alone.
3: That is. 100% the disconfirming evidence that the prediction, the memory says you were alone, you were abandoned, nobody wants to be with you, and they have instead an experience of God saying, "No, I was here with you. Here's where I was. Here's where you can see me. I mm-hmm. never left you."
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And they have this sometimes what's called a corrective emotional experience, which is it, it, that predict that what they predict is is. Um, it doesn't occur. They actually get disconfirming evidence from our Lord who says, no, here's where I was. Here's what I was doing. Here's where I was, I was holding you just like this, or I was, mm-hmm. or I wept with you. And that totally changes.
0: Or I was experience. protecting you and, mm-hmm. you know, yes. things like yeah. that. Could have been worse kind yeah, of situation. Yeah, yes. I was protecting yeah. you or I was standing right there beside mm-hmm. you and, and, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then asking Will Jesus you, what what do you want me to know from this or what truths do you want me to know about this? Yeah.
3: Because we, we, we enter those lies. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Uh, Cause we, we swallow those lies from yeah, those as yeah, a child, yeah. especially.
3: Absolutely. So, so many, and we've had, um, we've been, I've, I've developed this program called known embraced by the heart of the father. And it's a program that's aimed at helping people rediscover their beloved identity as sons and daughters. I think so often we know that God is love, but we have a really hard time actually experiencing Him as love. We know it intellectually, but we don't feel it. And I think it's so important to start from that place of belovedness in everything we do. But we have an exercise just like this in there, and we ask people to go back into core memories, go into your core memories with the Father and see where He was. And I will tell you, it is such a powerful experience. It is. People it's, have yeah. been... But you have to allow yourself to go into it to to really step into that memory,
0: with all the feelings. But, yeah,
3: all of the feelings.
2: The that's feelings. the part the, that's maybe, hard. And,
0: and the thing is, is you, you can't terrify. Is, is to encourage them, do, do not be afraid of the fear. I
3: know. Yeah.
0: Do not know. be afraid of the mm. fear. You know. I know. In that, in that, fear is powerful. Fear is very gripping. It's, it's
3: very hard. powerful. So, especially do you, when we feel alone or abandoned. Uh-huh. Or, you know, do
1: you, and we feel vulnerable. Yeah, we feel yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. Do you think that people can reach true emotional freedom through this process?
3: I do, and so quick word about, it. I, think, I think emotional freedom is sort of, there's two ways of thinking about it. I think one is that um, emotional freedom is, you know, a very sort of Thomistic view of this, high academic view, sort of when our intellect, um, which knows the truth and apprehends the truth, when our intellect begins to order our emotions and our passions. So when our emotions and passions are ordered according to the truth, there's a, there's emotional freedom. And that is a real and true and good thing that takes time, it takes work, it takes purifying the intellect so that you are believing the truth, right? That's why some of these are so powerful is because you're updating that semantic memory with something that's true, not with the mm-hmm. false information that you have, but with true beliefs, with the right information. So your emotions can come in line with the truth. So, so that's important. The other thing, though, I think is there is a real emotional freedom that can occur when we learn that we don't have to react to all of our feelings. So sometimes we a feeling comes up and we feel like, I have to avoid this, I have to get out of it, I have to reduce it, I have to diminish it, I have to get rid of it. And there's another type of emotional freedom that occurs when we say, no, I'm going to follow the Lord wherever He calls me, I'm going to go wherever He asks me to go, and I'm going to bring some of these uncomfortable feelings with me. And I think that's St. Paul's thorn in the flesh, Mm-hmm. The Lord doesn't remove the thorn; He doesn't get rid of it; He doesn't take it away. Saint Paul has that wound, which is painful, and sometimes our emotions can be painful. But he's free to go wherever the Lord calls him, and to love the way God created him to love. I think that is a real freedom as well.
2: Mm.
3: So sometimes the freedom means these emotions coming back into line with the truth. Sometimes the freedom looks like us being able to go wherever God calls us, and to do what He asks of us, and to bring the cross of. Difficult emotions with us,
0: so we're we're going to have to close here soon. But I had just one more thought when you were explaining the Thomistic versus the uh, allowing the emotions to come up, and I was looking mm-hmm. at the Thomistic, and that's like to me that seems like more what spiritual direction is—a little slower. You just take, you know, you just kind of delve into the emotions and the movements of the heart, and have your yeah, intellect okay. tell you what those is, and, and then make your will decide what you're going to do with it. But. Yeah. Um, I think um, this is just my own personal observation, so I'm not saying this is anybody's teaching or anything, (laughs) so it could be very wrong, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I have seen, um, just like with spiritual direction, we're not, uh, spiritual directors aren't counselors, but counselors come in and remove boulders so God can rush in uh, and spiritual direction, but then also to take that a step further, that I've seen in spiritual direction where people kind of get stuck in that domestic. They can't get past an emotion doing it this way. And that's where this memory healing, this inner healing comes in and removes a a different kind of spiritual boulder so God can go into there and reside with them in their heart, Mm. in that memory. I love
3: it. And it's so Mm. relational. The beauty of that message is it's so relational. It's like we we, we get to touch and experience the loving Father. We We get to be present with Christ and let Him hold us and nurture us and be tender and affectionate and gentle and yeah. speak the words that our heart needs to hear as we go it's just it's so beautiful and relational and um, but it is heart it, it's heart speaking to heart you know letting the That's, Lord yeah. it's, our it's, it's the
0: power the, the love of God poured into our hearts by the power of the Holy yeah. Spirit Amen. Romans 5 yeah. 5
3: even though parts right yeah, Even the, part the scary parts, of, yeah, up. yeah. yeah. Especially yeah.
0: The- well dr. Matthew Bruniger, it has been just a delight to speak with you and I want to tell our listeners right. again he will be at St Francis Saturday April come, 15th yes yeah. yeah, so come on out and meet him and hear up. more about this so. Hear about his book yes. finding freedom in Christ and healing life all hurts. right all right well thank you again for being with us today we we certainly enjoyed this conversation.
3: Likewise. Thank you guys so much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we just ask you to impart unto us courage and strength to confront those areas of our lives, those places that you are calling us out to, those open spaces of our heart that you desire to restore and heal because you delight in us. And that's Psalm 1819. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Now go do impossible things with God.
0: Today's Catholic Women. On the voice for Catholic Women Now, Iowa Catholic Radio.